Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. Let's play ball. Friends, welcome back to God's Playbook. We're going to begin a series on the Gospel of John over these next coming days. And today we're going to start in chapter 2 with the wedding of Cana. This is a passage I might suggest we know well where Jesus attends a wedding, and he changes water into wine. So rather than reading the passage, let's just spend the time discussing it. Because I must say, there's a joke that gets really stale really quickly. Every wedding I go to, whether it's at the appetizer or first course stage, or generally at the bar, I always have somebody, Hey, Father! Can you turn water into wine? Ha, 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 ha. And I have to look like I'm semi-amused, like this person came up with it by themselves the first time. So if that's you, do me a favor. Do every priest a favor. Don't bring up this joke. None of us think it's funny, and we've heard it a thousand times. Whether we were ordained last week or we've been a priest for longer than, you know, the reign of King Herod, okay? So, friends, let's actually talk about the passage and the impact of the passage. So, Jesus is just an attendance. He's not in the bridal party. This is not a family member or friend. He responds to someone's need because that's who God is. In our own lives, he responds to our needs if we allow him to. Now, you might suggest, well, hang on, unless the Blessed Mother probed him, he wouldn't have done anything. Well, maybe he would have done something anyway, but Mary's probing initiated the response that was going to come anyway. We'll never know, right? But nonetheless, it's Mary's recognition of the need of the couple and the embarrassment of the family. To run out of wine at a wedding is the greatest embarrassment that could be given, other than perhaps not inviting the guest at all. But this whole idea of a wedding that we know of, you know, being together for a few hours and sending people home, that's not how weddings were done at the time, friends. Weddings at the time of Jesus lasted for days. So proper planning needed to take place. And if you ran out of food or drink, this is great disrespect. In today's standards, you know, somebody might be semi disrespected. But at that time, that would be something that not only the people who didn't receive the hospitality would speak of, but the whole community would speak of. And so judgment for that couple and the family would last for a very long time. So this isn't a minor inconvenience. This is massive. This affects the couple socially. This affects the family socially. So it actually is a very big deal of what's transpired here. And so Mary wants to save the family from that shame that they would carry for a long time. And obviously, this would bother Jesus as well. If they're invited to the wedding, they have a relationship with the couple. Notice how the couple is not mentioned because it doesn't matter who's in need. What matters is the response to the need. And so it is for us, friends. It's so important for us to respond to need even if it's inconvenient, even if we didn't expect it, we're just a guest at the wedding. It's not our problem to order food and drink. It's somebody else that made the mistake. Are we willing to cover for others? Are we willing to fill in gaps for others? 
it's our problem too if it's bothering somebody else. As St. Paul calls us the body of Christ. If a particular player gets hurt on the ice or on the field, do the rest of the teammates care? Well, as long as it's not me, it's not my problem. I get more playing time now if, if he or she's down. That's not a response of a real teammate, is it? Don't we stop the game? Even the officials, trainers, whoever is around, the fans, how is that player doing? What can we do to help them? Imagine if a player went down injured and nobody went to help them. Would you as a fan not go down and try to do what you could? Call 911, see if a physician is available? I like to think we all would respond, right? Well, what happens when we see need in the world? Somebody who has special needs that is struggling perhaps because of age or perhaps because of physical problems to enter into a store. Do we not run to open the door for them? Well, let somebody else figure it out. Well, why didn't that store come up with a handicap door so that way they can open it? Right? Like, that's not how a rational person should respond, right? Certainly not how a Christian should respond. And so Jesus' response to help this family is a significant one. Mary's response at a very basic human need level is also very important for us to identify that the wedding of Cana indeed shows the power of Jesus because only God can turn water into wine. So stop making the jokes with the clergy, as I said. But the idea that God can do anything, God can do all things. So Mama Mary reminds us of the need to pray and ask her intercession so that she continues to ask God to advocate for us or for a particular situation. Mary turns to the servants and says the last words in sacred scripture, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. May this be our life motto. Mary reminds us of what is important and God always is calling us to action, to stop what we're doing and to be willing to help as much as we can. We are not God. But the greatest thing we can do for a person is to pray for them and ask God to act, to do what we cannot do, to do the impossible like water into wine. But what we can do, we should do. And so the wedding of Cana recognizes that with God, all things are possible and that Jesus has no limits. It also reminds us to be more like Mary And when God is pushing us to do something, let's not come up with excuses. Let's actually act upon it. Jesus saved them from great shame. And in fact, the wine he gave them is so great that they acknowledge that this should have been served first. It's the best wine they've ever received. How many times do you and I think with our own limitations that it's not going to be good enough only to find out that the person who's going through whatever trial and difficulty has shared with us that without our help, they don't think they would have been able to battle through. How many times does God surprise us by using us, our words, our actions, our behaviors, into bringing glory to him and help to one another? So as we reflect upon this well-known passage in sacred scripture, may we always give God praise. When somebody has stage four cancer and the doctors say they're going to die, 
Let's see what God has to say about that. When poverty continues throughout the world, let's see what God is asking us to do to help that because there is enough food in the world. Perhaps we're just consuming too much in a first world country. When there's family dysfunction, when all seems bleak, are we willing to do something about it? First flooding heaven, asking God to make the impossible possible if it's his will, and then this willingness to do our part to help as well. May the wedding feast of Cana help us to recognize the greatness of our God and his call to us for action. And may the words of Mary penetrate our hearts. Do whatever he tells you. What might be God asking us to do right now? Is there a situation or a topic that we keep putting off? Is there an individual that we know is in need of our help, and yet for whatever reason we are trying to justify not helping them? Perhaps this passage is speaking to our heart this day, friends. If you'd like to read the passage yourself, we are studying chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. If the passage is already on your heart, then maybe you and I today can spend time committing ourselves to pray and to act so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus and be a real teammate on God's team. For God's Playbook Friends, I'm Father Rico. God loves you and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us using any of our affiliate links in the description below via Budsprout, Ko-Fi, or GoFundMe. Thanks, and God bless.